Hi, I'm Maria Theoharis of Della Sews on social media. Welcome back to Sew Over 50 podcast on Sew Organized Style. Grab a cuppa and relax with us. On Sew Organized Style podcast, I begin today by acknowledging the traditional custodians of the land on which we record this podcast and pay respects to the elders past and present. Thanks for joining us on Sew Over 50 podcast on Sew Organized Style. Sew Over 50 intersects with all communities. We're a community that is so over ageism. Diane of Style Falcon is today's So Over 50 podcast guest. Style Falcon Patterns is a pattern design leader as Diane uses an older fit model to develop her patterns from. So thank you for being on the podcast. Thanks for having me, Maria. I'm happy to talk to you. It was Judith who featured you on Sober 50. And it's really interesting for listeners to understand the body shape that designers use to develop their patterns on. When I read that you use an older model, a mature person as the fit model, I thought that was absolutely fascinating. It has been a fascinating journey, Maria. Um, Almost all fashion that you buy in store and also almost all sewing patterns that you're probably familiar with are built off of a youthful hourglass figure. I dare say there is this prejudice in the fashion industry for that figure. Some books that I have that are things, books that are taught in fashion school have illustrations of what they call the ideal figure, which is this youthful hourglass figure. And we're talking about women's figure here, you know, primarily is what we're talking about. And then anything else is considered not ideal, whether you have a tummy or your shoulders are forward a little bit with age or your bust point is lower with age. And I thought that's bananas, frankly. I thought most women do not have a youthful hourglass figure. And if you do, then everything on earth, almost everything is for you. So you're set. It's the rest of us who have an older figure, who have a mature figure, whether you've you've had a few babies, so you have a, a belly or your, your shoulders start to turn inward or, or whatever your situation is, your waist gets thicker, there ought to be something for you. And that was why I decided to start Style Falcon. When I was looking for a fit model from my line, originally I thought I would work with a professional fit model. I live in Connecticut in the United States, which is very close to New York. So I called these fit model agencies in New York. I thought, you know, why not work with a professional fit model to build my block? And I explained that my line was for, I didn't say women over 50. I I think I said, you know, women over 40. There's been a study done of body types and shapes that's fairly reliable for measurements. And I wanted someone who was at the midpoint of this line. It's the ASDM, if you've ever heard of that. And they have a five plus uh, chart. And I wanted someone who was at the midpoint of that chart. So I called these fit model agencies and I said, I'd love to work with an older fit model who's in this range. And they said, okay, great. And they sent over a bunch of model cards. And it was all these women in their 20s and 30s who (laughs) remotely what I was asking for. So I called them back and I said, no, you don't understand. Like, I want to work with an older fit model, like someone who's at least 40. And they're like, oh, well, you know, we don't we don't have anybody like that. And and I say, you got to be kidding me. Like, you're the some of the largest fit model agencies in the United States. Surely you have clients who are selling clothes for older women and they they didn't have anyone these are the, so i said okay this is bananas so i was hunting around for who i might get for a fit model i was talking with some friends it's not for everyone you have to stand around in your underwear a lot and get touched and and it's it's a bit grueling really i was saying to my husband there's there's a woman he works with who i'm friendly with named meg and i said you know what i really wanted someone like meg like she's perfect like she's 60 She's got the exact shape and everything that I'm looking for. And he said, well, why don't you just ask her? 
I said, oh, she's not going to want to do that. He's like, don't be so sure. Call her up and ask her. So I did. I called her and I said, hey, Meg, I have kind of a, an off the wall question for you. Have you ever done any modeling? And she was quiet for a second. And she said, well, it's been a really long time. And I, I knew there was something about you. And it turns out that in the 70s, she worked for a, a photographer in New York. And she used to model for him uh, sometimes. And she was in the Sears catalog once. And she did all kinds of modeling for that. And she has been fit model. And she is phenomenal. And uh, also a lot of fun. And I'm, I'm really grateful to be working with her. The fact that you thought Meg would have been perfect really has panned out quite well. I think so. As I say, she is in that exactly in that mid range of the ASDM 55 plus chart. Uh, she's 5'4, she's fit, but she, she's kind of around a size 16. It's the key thing is that you're mm-hmm. designing for yeah. a mature body. I thought, okay, I used to be a journalist, like in a former life, so I'm good at researching and asking people questions. And I also did some competitive intelligence from Ready to Wear. You know, there are a couple of companies that they do have a target audience of older women like Chico's and Talbot's. We don't have them here, but I've seen them there. They're very popular here in the United States anyway. So when I bought some of their clothes and measured them to see, okay, what is their block shape like? And they do design for a mature figure. You can tell like when, when you try their stuff on, like the waist are larger. I do have 11 sizes and it runs. I give it a letter. I don't want people to think it's the size that they're familiar with because the block, is, it is different. And I don't want people to just assume, oh, I'm a, I'm a six, I'm an eight or whatever. The sizes are A through K. And as I mentioned, Meg is the, as the fit model is in the middle, so she's F. And the way I've designed the patterns, it covers a bust from 34 inches to 48 inches, waist 33 inches to 47 inches. So basically there's very little definition between the bust or the chest measurement and the waist measurement. And then hips, 40 inches to 54 inches. So I don't want people to feel like they have to do all the math in their heads. But that's what my range is. And I think something that that happens a lot, like I I met this woman just a couple of days ago and I I have a sale at this uh, conference I went to and I have a sales brochure I I produced. I has the sizing chart in it and I just showed her. I'm like, well, here's my sizing chart. Do you see yourself in this sizing chart? And she looked at it and her eyes about fell out of her head. She's like, yeah, like I'm exactly like a size J because people are not used to seeing that. They're used to seeing, okay, I'm a, you know, I'm a J here and then uh, I'm a, you know, I'm here, I'm here and there, I'm zigzagging around in the size chart. Um, but I, I think that for a lot of mature figures, they, they recognize themselves in these measurements in a way that they're completely unused to. As a fit model, what role does Meg play? What we did was we built a block based on her. If you're familiar with this idea of a block, it's basically, we work with a professional pattern maker. Her name is Christine Groom. She's in California. And we built, it's like a shell that fits her like a second skin. And that's the mathematical basis for all of the patterns. So then from there, we add in design elements and we add in ease. But all of the things that we are used to doing adjustments for in patterns like a lower bust point or forward shoulder or a thicker waist, they're baked into the patterns. You don't have to make these adjustments because they're in there. It's by design as opposed to considered like some sort of aberration that you have to correct for. That would make making the pattern so much easier. What I've heard from people who've sewn up my patterns is, you know, things fit out of the envelope in a way that they, they never have before. And also some of the women who I've been working with will say, you know, they, they stop making clothes because they were just so fed up with having to make this adjustment and that adjustment and the other adjustment that, that the pattern looks like, like a jellyfish by the time they're done with it. Mm-hmm. And so they can, 
enjoy something that's made for them. And it's not really just the block itself, but it's also the styles. The styles are, they're inspired by this mature figure as opposed to trying to hide it or trying to camouflage it in some way. Your adjustments really should be about your style. When you developed the name Style Falcon, how did that come about? Style Falcon, it was an inspiration that I had. I originally had another idea for the name of the company, but it was trademarked already in the United States. So I needed to find something else. And I spent a lot of time thinking about what I wanted to say with the name of of this company. I was looking for inspiration from nature. I was sitting, I remember sitting out in my garden and watching the birds and thinking about it. I started thinking, well, maybe some kind of a bird motif would be good. And when I kind of started Googling these ideas, I realized that there are an awful lot of really nasty and negative connotations of birds and women. Perhaps in Australia, there are some rude terms that people use. They throw a bird together. I, I, from what I understand in the UK, calling a woman a bird is, is a pretty rude way of saying this is my girlfriend or, you know, henpecked. And the ancient Greeks and Romans had the harpies. And it seems like there's some kind of negative connotation there. And I thought, well, what if I turn that on its head? I had a lot of inspiration from reading uh, Helen McDonald's award-winning book, H is for Hawk, about her efforts to train a gosh hawk. And I really became fascinated with raptors and how these birds are beautiful and powerful. And usually the females are larger and stronger than the males and they're better hunters. And they're really gorgeous, impressive birds. And I thought, why not a falcon as the inspiration for it? And so then just playing off of the sound and falcon I cook with style falcon and I have a little falcon stuffed animal my husband got me and I named her Mabel after the gosh hawk in H's for Hawk and she watches over me while I'm working in my studio oh, that's lovely I mean I've been to a a zoo it was in the states and they had a, a raptor exhibit and the birds actually flew over you mm-hmm. and it was amazing the way that they flew the span of their wings and how intelligent they were and how quiet but they Mm -hmm. just they just flew they blew my mind so that's why I asked you about the name of your company yeah that's right they they really blow my mind too in my yard in fact this was sort of during the pandemic when we were all shut down and we were at home Mm -hmm. I was at home all the time and and there was one there was a peregrine falcon that that was using my neighbor's bird feeder like an all-you-can-eat buffet (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and she would come by and just pick off house sparrows <laughs> tomorrow. It's an impressive thing to see. And the bird is also a representation of what I want my line to be. I want it to be you know, sharp and dramatic and, and powerful. If you go to stealthfalcon.net, my blog, I kind of explain how some of my patterns came to be from like my original idea and the drawing and then Christine's work, how we you know fit with Meg. And then when it's done, it goes to a professional pattern grader whose name is Brian Lee um, in Los Angeles. And he does the grading, and then it goes to Adriana Aguirre, who does all of the illustrations. And then I work with a, a local fashion student who does the um, the fashion illustrations. I, lo- I love those traditional fashion illustrations. But I called up this local school, fashion school, and I said, hey, do you have any students who are really good illustrators who want to make a buck? And they said, well, yeah, of course we do. <laughs> so I got connected with someone that way. It's a team effort. It sounds like a great team and that you don't actually have to be living in the same location to actually do the work. That's right. In fact, it worked out really well because this all was developing during the the pandemic. You know, I've been wanting to do something like this forever. And I thought, well, now is my time. If it's ever going to happen, it's going to happen now. And so I'm going to go for it. 
And it, it worked out really well working with people on the West Coast, which is, you know, Christine and Brian and also Adriana, because Meg and I have day jobs and we would do our jobs. And then in the evening, our time, which would be like the late afternoon, their time, mm-hmm. we would work on Style Falcon and that we were able to keep things going. It sounds like a very good team. It is. I'm, I'm super happy with them. I adore everybody. So what sort of feedback have you had from people who have used your patterns so far? I think that people are, are really ex- excited about them. People have been making them up, sending me emails about it. They, they feel like the fit is really dynamite for them. You know, they also appreciate that, you know, I do design for someone with less of a waist definition and a tummy. Uh, I have a pants pattern. I, I can't believe these pants fit. <laughs> You know, I feel like pants are are very challenging to get a good fit and people seem really happy with them. The other feedback that I get is that that people, they enjoy the feel of the the patterns. All of my patterns are designed to have some movement to them. I personally like that. I like something that's got some drape and some drama with it. And so people enjoy that feeling, that feeling of freedom. And then all of my patterns have two different modes. If you run hot or if you run cold. My jacket, for example, you can do a fully lined or you can do an unlined version if you if you think, oh, I'm hot all the time. I can't stand to wear a lined jacket or my top, which is my bestseller, the gorgeous Godet top. You can do either with a cowl, long sleeves, or you can do it with a sleeveless with a neckband if you're someone who runs hot all the time. I understand the running hot all the time or running hot every so often and making sure that you've got layers. So seeing the, the patterns that you've done, And the ability of adapting them is actually quite attractive to me. Yeah. Yeah, I I hear you. I'm the sort of person who runs cold frequently. So I'm the cowl long sleeve person. The other thing is for my patterns is that I design them to be accessible. Many people, and particularly older older people, have trouble seeing, including myself. My vision isn't the greatest. I use like a dark, big font on all of my pattern pieces. I use like a kind of a bullseye, a target shape to mark, you know, say the bus point, the hit point, are there match points that are really big and really easy to see? Because I, I think a lot of patterns is just like this little dot that you can barely see. And then all of my instructions also come in a large print version. Each instruction, each narrative and illustration is on one page. So you can, I mean, it's it's a long document, it ends up being maybe like 60, 70 pages, but you can put it on an iPad or something and scroll through it, or you can print it out if you need to have a really large illustration. That's really thoughtful. I just appreciate being able to see. And it's one of the other reasons people say they don't sew as much anymore as they say, especially tissue patterns, that I can't read them. This ink on, on this really flimsy paper, and I just, I can't do it. You know, I can, my eyes can't do it. Mine all, they're PDF patterns, so you can print them out either yourself or at a coffee shop, or you could use a projector for them also you can just print out the sizes you want. So you don't get that spaghetti of all these different sizes coming at you, which I think also makes it a lot easier to read. On a personal level, when did you start sewing? I've been sewing most of my life. I learned at my grandmother's knee, like some people do, and also my great aunt. So I started a little bit when I was a kid. And then I I got out of the habit when, you know, your college and you're Mm -hmm. starting your career. And then I got married in 1999 and realized that a sewing machine would be a good tool to have. My husband always needs to have his pants hemmed. And also the condo we were living in needed curtains and window box cushions and things like that. So I got a secondhand Kenmore machine and got to work and and I I did quilting and and I made some clothes and I really got into it. And then 
throughout my life, I've picked it up again, I think, especially in times of trouble, you know, times when, you know, I'm stressed out or heartbroken at the state of the world or any number of other things. Sewing is, is a thing that, that really nourishes my soul and makes me feel like I'm participating in my life and I'm doing something that I, yeah. that I enjoy. And I got really serious about sewing clothes several years ago. I had a goal to have a completely handmade wardrobe. And for the most part, I've achieved that over time. And I thought, where do I go next with this? Especially during the pandemic, it seemed like the best opportunity to learn. I asked people, I just reached out to people who are going to fashion school and I say, hey, what were some of the best textbooks that you had that you really liked? And they gave me recommendations and I, I read them and, and did exercises in them so that I developed an understanding of how things are made. I'm not going to do all that myself. I'd rather work with, with a professional pattern maker, but you have to understand how things happen to really make sense out of it. And that was one of the first times that I encountered this you know, prejudice against anybody who didn't have that youthful hourglass figure in <laughs> these textbooks. It kind of sent me on this journey where we are today. When did you discover the Cyber 50 community? I'm not sure exactly. I was never a big Instagram person. I prefer blogs. I, I like reading blogs more than, than Instagram, frankly. And I believe it might have been Elaine Batiste, you know, Lainey Makes. Yeah. She's one of my favorite people and she's done some testing for Style Falcon Patterns and she's great. I think that she had mentioned something on her blog about it. And I thought I got to check that out. And so I lurked for quite a while. I wasn't really comfortable putting myself out there. I had an Instagram at one point and I got spammed with all these, I don't know if they're actual men or they're just bots or what they are, but it just was very disturbing to me. And they were always like an army general or a surgeon or like some kind of stupid thing. I don't know what that's all about, but it really bothered me. So I had a private account for a long time and I, so I could just follow people I wanted to. And then so over 50 had one of the flat lay events. Yeah. And I thought, you know, I got to do that. Like, that just seems like I, it, the time is right. And so I, I did a flat lay and it was the very first thing I ever posted publicly on Instagram was this flat lay. After that, you know, I just kept following and then I got over my, my aversion to these weirdos or I just became very good at just instantly blocking them so I never have to look at them again. <laughs> And um, I also had done, uh, you know, was a really close follower of the socialists um, at the time and had actually wrote a couple of articles for them, including one about the generation gap in sewing and the, the difference between how maybe an older sewer versus the younger sewer approaches things. It got a lot of debate going and a lot of traction. And it was, and it was you know, part of all the other things that Jillian was doing at the time. I also became aware of this group through the socialists and I miss them as a community. Yeah, I miss them too. What advice would you give people who are new to sewing? Because we've got a lot of people who have come into sewing since the pandemic and they're probably looking now at how to use that skill for their own clothes making. What advice would you give them? My advice is, is to really jump into it. I think start with a simple project. Most people are more familiar with sewing woven fabric than knit fabric. So I think that's probably a better place to start. And one of the simplest things to make is say like a pair of pajamas or a nightgown or something like that. People often will ask me, they have a child that's interested in sewing. And that's usually what I tell them is a great first project because you can pick out some cute fabric. They're pretty easy to sew. They don't require a lot of fitting. And if they're not perfect, you can still wear it and enjoy it. And then it, it'll set you on a journey. You can do pajama pants. And then the next thing you do, you could maybe get some some kind of denim or something like that and make a pair of you know simple pants or make a simple top and get really launched on your journey. Finally, what can we look forward to from Style Falcon for the rest of 2022? 
as I mentioned, I have a pants pattern. That's, it's a pants pattern that has, I call it the secret jeans trousers because they're shaped and they fit and feel like jeans. And you can make a sort of a mock jean out of them, or you can make a dress trouser out of them. They have the front pockets. They have elastic just in the back. They're very comfortable and they're perfect if you have a belly because the shaping of them accommodates a, a belly very nicely. And then I have a big top or shirt dress coming out in the fall. That's I call it the make a point dress. And it it has a modern princess seam. You can either make a short sleeve version. If you really want to go for it, you can make a long sleeve version with a tower plackets. You can make a big project out of it if you want. And that's coming out. And then I'm working on, there's another simple top that I'm working on. It's kind of a basics that would, that would come out like in the winter. And then for the spring, I have a dress and a top and a, a jacket or a topper that are all in the works. That's a lot to look forward to. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, it's funny. You know, I'm, I just got back from the grader for the spring 2023 patterns, <laughs> which is the dress and the topper. I, I was talking with someone last night and they said, are you kidding me? Like spring 2023? And I'm like, and I'm like, well, yeah, you know, that's, that's how long it takes to get it out there. I don't want to rush it. So I like to have things ready to go in plenty of time. How can people follow you? How can they find you? If you want to check out my website, which has the e-commerce shop, if you want to buy any of the patterns, it's www.stylefalcon.net. I'm Style Falcon on Instagram. I'm Style Falcon on Facebook. I'm Style Falcon on YouTube. Or you can drop me an email at hello at stylefalcon.net. That's excellent. I'm really pleased that you could get Style Falcon on all of those platforms, Diane. Yeah, thanks. And then I was, someone was just telling me I really need to get on Pinterest. And I said, oh, okay. (laughs) I'll have to check into that. I I haven't been on Pinterest in ages. I'm really pleased that Judith did a shout out about Style Falcon on Sober 50 About You. And I'm even more thrilled that I could actually meet you today and give listeners the opportunity to hear about what you're doing and what we can look forward to from Style Falcon. Thanks, Maria. I'm so glad that you reached out. It's been really fun to talk to you. And I'll certainly tune in and listen to all the other podcasts and look forward to hearing this one. Thank you so much. And have a lovely day, listeners. This episode for Sarah for 50 podcast on Soul Organized Style was produced by me, Maria Theoharis, with permission of Diane of Style Falcon Patterns, sound by bensound.com. Listeners, if you want to provide a guest post for Sober 50, make sure you direct message Judith and Sandy at the Sober 50 account on Instagram. Also, keep an eye out for the next So 50 Live event that Bird and Molly are hosting. Remember, these Sober 50 Live events will always be available on the Sober 50 account. You can subscribe to Soul Organized Style Podcast, but with an S not a Z on all good podcast apps. Make sure you go back and listen to our free So Over 50 Podcast archive. And if you can, consider supporting the production of this podcast on Patreon so I can keep producing it for you. We look forward to joining you in your sewing room next time. Stay safe, everyone.